This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This week on Into the Archives with the Boone Podcast. This guy's simply one of the greatest to ever do it, especially one of the greatest left-handers to ever do it. He was a 10-time All-Star. He won four Cy Young Award winners. He's got more awards than I have time uh, in this announcements. He's a baseball Hall of Famer, left-hander Steve Carlton. Sometimes you just need to enjoy a classic. Join us as we go into the archives. Hey, we going back. And put our ear to the history books with this one. This is Into the Archives. Here's your host, Brett Boone. So you win the Cy Young, um, and that offseason, it's, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. You win the Cy Young, you win 27 games, like I mentioned, 59 games. That's a pretty big story, probably the biggest story in baseball that year. How was that offseason different? Was it because you played in St. Louis with Bob Gibson? Uh, so you saw the level of probably celebrity that he was, but all of a sudden yeah. you're a 27 game winner. How was that off season for you compared to the other off seasons? As, it was, as far as just going out, it was insane. I did everything, which is a big mistake, and I didn't train. I just everybody wanted a piece of you, and so I did every banquet, every appearance. You know, thinking that you know I can, you know. Yada yada. I've gone through 350 innings. I should have been training, but I didn't, and that's that's my other bugaboo. I I didn't train, so I came I came into spring training with walking pneumonia. I was I was beat. You know, never never do that again. But yeah, no, I mean the the, the off season was great because I, I was everywhere except in the gym. <laughs> Where you <laughs> make any sense? You know. And that's when that's when it kind of comes, and and that's what you've been famous for is is not talking to the press. I don't know if it started at, at that particular time. You come back in 1973, you go from winning 27 to losing 20, and now in, yep. in today's modern game, I look at it, I look at your ERA. You had a 197 in the Cy Young Award of 72, Cy Young yeah. year, and in 73, it's yeah, you had 20 losses. You're playing on a bad team. But you only had – it's not like you had a five Ernie. You had a three nine, which, yeah, coming off the year before, like you said, they always want, hey, what have you done for me lately? Well, if you can win 27 yeah. games, we want to see you do it again. And all of a sudden, yeah. you got a three nine, yeah. which is very respectable. But they're probably treating you like you're the worst pitcher of all time because they <laughs> expect that bar that you set. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you know the deal. You've dealt with it. Yeah. But you know, I, like I said, I didn't have a spring training. I was I was sick the whole spring training. I really didn't get it. I mean, I wasn't in shape to get in shape pitching. I never I never got my strength back. You know, you, as soon as I used to go from end of the season, I'd take like a week or two off. I hit the gym and I get all my strength back. And that 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 winter, I I didn't I didn't do very much. You know, and it it, it showed because I I came I was sick when I came into spring training. So. Didn't do a lot in spring training, and then that just sets sets a precedent for what what's about what's about to happen. You know, but I mean, if you can pitch, if you lose twenty games, it means you, you're pitching in every game. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. On a, yeah, yeah, not too many. Not not too many great pitchers are <laughs> even. You're not allowed to lose twenty games. You got to be great to be allowed to. Yes, that's a, that's a good point. But uh, anyway, I don't know how many innings I pitched, but uh, you know, this is what it is. 
You said you never read. Did I make 200 innings that year? Oh, I don't even know. That, that wasn't that wasn't a part that wasn't a part of my research. <laughs> you, you mentioned you, you mentioned on several times you weren't you weren't a stickler for running. Uh, for those out there listening, it's it's pretty pretty common for for starting pitchers, you know, at any level nowadays, yeah. especially at the big league level. You always run in between starts. You always throw bullpens in between th- starts. I don't think you did either of those. Well, I. I did up until well, until Gus comes on the scene for me later on. But I, you know, we used to run and God, I hated running because my my low back, my I always had shin splints. You know, your your ankles, nothing feels good. You know, you're tall and you're not designed to run, let's say. And I I just didn't like running. So I used to tell Ripplemeyer, was the pitching coach, and I said, Rip, why don't we run in a straight line down that Seven Eleven, get a six pack of beer, and I'll run right back. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Something like that, just to break the monotony. Just running a straight line. Jesus, Merton back and forth. So I didn't like running, and that's how Gus. That's how Gus came on on the scene about seventy four, seventy five, uh, right in there, because uh, I didn't like running. I said, and I, I'd already had an introduction to martial arts, so Gus and I hit it off right away, and we started training. You know, amazingly hard training. And it just and it eliminated all my problems as far as you know low back and knees and stuff like that that, that bothered me so much running and and uh, and plus you know I'm learning something my strength and flexibility came way up because that's part of the the training within martial arts so and uh, so Gus and I took off I don't know if I'm jumping ahead there but that's that's how that happened you know because I just didn't it's like you know most people don't like to run anyway but they do it because when the when Dallas uh, when Dallas came over you know, later in eighty eighty one, he said you can you can either run because I know I'm getting ahead a little bit but but the the media was going to make Dallas challenge me so they'd have something to talk about because I wasn't talking to them and they wanted me and Dallas to go head to head on this so to, to Dallas with uh, he went he went to Gus in the in the I think the winter of. 80 might have been said he knew what he's going to be in for with the media because I didn't talk to him. So he said, Gus, I want you to put me through lefties program. <laughs> I still laugh about that. And he, and Gus put him through the program and he said, now I see what, what he's doing. So at least we got the spring training. He said, I mean, you know, abbreviating this a little bit, but he said, you can do lefties program. You can run. <laughs> so, you know, that, that settled all that BS. So people went back to running, you know. It was just me and Gus down against the wall. So I hit, I got a little bit ahead of myself there, but that's how that it gets put together, you know. Train, training, and training is what I didn't do in some of those years. So that catch you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What um? Do you remember? Was there a time? Did you do you remember that time where you just said, you know what, I'm done with the media? Not going to talk to him at all. When was that about? Well, yeah, that was after the bad year. Then I started, they started, well, they started ripping you, you know, well done, you know, yada, yada, that kind of stuff. So, and I, I didn't like reading about myself. And I said, I don't, I don't like the way they're, you know, give them, I'm giving them 20 minutes, a half hour after the, after the game. I that was that was a good interview because I never talked, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. I hope I can help the team kind of an interview. I, I had, I had, I had deeper thought, you know, cause I was trained to think differently. So I had interesting things to say. And, and then, then you read the paper the next day, they, they didn't quote me on anything. I said, wait a minute, spending 20 minutes of my, my time after the game talking to you guys. And this is what I get. So then I started putting it together. So it wasn't, it wasn't the next, you know, was of the next year, seventy four. Maybe seventy four. I started thinking, I'm, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I said, okay, guys. And I, I said, you know, I don't know if I got them together in our group. I said, I'm not going to talk to you guys anymore. I'm tired of this BS, you know. So and and uh, what's his name? Who <laughs> I forget his name even. Oh, Bill Codlin. He 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 sort of pushed that because he was 
he was making it personal, you know. It just wasn't writing. He was writing personal. You could see the the venom coming out of his, <laughs> of his pen, you know, or pencil or crayon, whatever he wrote with. So, and I said, I'm not going to do this because you're distracting my focus and attention on the field as I'm starting to think about you guys in the seventh and eighth inning, what I'm, all this BS, you know. So I said, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of interrupting my focus in a way. I'm, I don't want to, I just want to concentrate on baseball because I, you know, I went to the team and the fans and you guys are third in line to me. I told them, I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. They didn't believe me. <laughs> but, <laughs> Fast forward 20 but, years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I said, well, you know, then it, it, that's a really long, interesting story, but it's, it, the, the thing is they wrote better about me because they had to rely on their journalistic skills because they couldn't get a quote from me to write their article. Cause most articles written by people's quotes, you, you know, that you've played that game for. So, you know, they would come up with like fictitious interviews and they would uh, do crazy things and, and his makeup stuff. And it was really entertaining because some of the stuff would filter back to me. And I, I thought it was skillful the way they wrote about the game without getting personal in a manner of speaking. So they have, they have journalistic skills, but they really don't use them in the fashion they should. Uh, because, you know, way back in the, you know, 40s, because I had some old newspapers way back and reading about baseball and, and, the, and the game was written about baseball from the uh, from the press box they really didn't come into the uh, clubhouse they wrote about it as though they were observing this from afar if you read those old, old newspaper articles and i said well hell that's that's interesting because they don't really need me you know they could just write it and and i kind of made them go back to that writing from the press box kind of a mentality um, so there you, you, were, you were you were giving them a lesson I like it. And, uh, so, I was not, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was personal, but not because I needed to focus on what they're paying me to do. And that's on the field. And, and everything after that is something if I'm, I'm willing to give up that time, you know, but it, it worked, it worked for me because it, it got me to settle down and maybe folk more focused on what I'm trying to do here, you know? So and it just, it wasn't, it was, it was personal in a sense because Conlon made it personal, you know, his, 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 his meanness in a way he wrote mean, you're probably aware of that. You knew him a little bit. So there you go. 76, you win 20 games, 77, another your your second Cy Young award. You went, you go 23 and 10. And then I want to skip to uh 78, 79, great years, but 80, uh, that's what I really remember as a kid running around, probably being a pain in the ass in the clubhouse. But <laughs> man, that that eighties Phillies team, and and still to this day, you know, uh, me and my brothers, you know, that was that was a big highlight of our childhood. Running around that yeah. that locker room, and and you go twenty four and nine, you win your your third Cy Young, uh, and that was that obvious you know the big World Series year, and all those great players, and and I remember sitting in sitting in Manny Trio's locker, helping him paint his glove black and listening to <laughs> Pete, Pete and Schmitty and Bull and, and Boa running his mouth. I mean, those are, you know, I, I didn't fun. look at it. I didn't look at it till years later and, and appreciate yeah. what my, what my childhood was. Some of my fond, fondest memories, you know, I got to play in the big leagues a long time, but some of my, my greatest memories are when I was a kid running around with you guys uh, watching you guys play in that 80 and just getting to the 80 world series, that Astros series, yeah. uh, was unbelievable. And, and the series was unbelievable. That was a great one. Right? And I remember being in the clubhouse when you guys won in 1980. And I remember Dickie Knowles with kegs of beer and, and opening it with a, with, it seemed like a jackhammer. And the next day you had the parade and I slept over at Pete's house. And, he, and I, I still have pictures of me sitting on that, that float, uh, going yeah. down Broadway in Philly and thinking, well, this is what every 10 year old kid does, isn't it? This is kind of <laughs> normal. Uh, but what, what a great year. Talk about 1980 and, and it all, you know, those Phillies years, you had a couple tough ones, 
team-wise when you first came over from St. Louis, but it all kind of culminates and, and comes to a head in 80 and you win the whole thing. And by the way, 1980 and, and being a being an athlete in Philadelphia, kind of the heyday when when the Flyers were great, the Eagles were great, the Sixers were great, and and you win the World Series. Well, all all, all four teams were in the postseason play that year. That's what's amazing about '80 in, in Philadelphia. But we're the only ones that that pulled it off, you know. So it's just you know, I mean, it was a great for the fans. It was a great uh, sports year for the fans. With every, everything was just knocking them knocking them out, you know, so good. Bergie and Clark and who was, who was the, uh, for the hockey team? <laughs> uh, it was Bernie, Bernie Perrant was, I, I think Bernie yeah. Perrant. Yeah. Clark. Yeah, nobody stays. Yeah. Clark. And who was the, who was the police guy for them? Schultz. Schultz was a police Schultz. Guy. Yeah. The, the, Schultz, yeah. He was uh, the enforcer, the enforcer. Yeah. And I think doc, doc was with the Sixers, you know, then nobody saves more than Perron. That was that was a good slogan they had going with the, with the Flyers. That was good. Yeah. And then the, was Jaws was. Jones yeah, Jaws was, was the quarterback, and then you had Harold Carmichael, Wilbert Montgomery. Yeah. Jeez. Herman Edwards in the in the defensive backfield. Yeah. Yeah, Herman. Okay, there you go. It was it was it was quite a year. So anyway, setting that up. Oh, I forgot where I was going to go with this thing. Um, I forgot where I was going to go. Well, uh, what did I set you up with? 80, the parade, the the yeah, characters no, on that team. Um, I don't know. Oh, no, want to talk. What, what, <laughs> it, what it seemed like, uh, that we weren't we – were, we were sluggish until about the last month – I recall we had a little bit a, a, a dry spell there as far as the team, and then we didn't get hot until we. It was important that you get hot, right? Maybe the I don't know, last two weeks, maybe three weeks. I forget exactly the numbers, but when we got hot, then we beat we beat Ryan after the seventh inning, and he's never lost a game after the sixth or seventh inning, whatever it was. And it was just amazing how that happened. So you know, and that really set the momentum to go into the uh, to the series. It was just amazing how that happened. So, but um, we, we, I was called we were a little sluggish, and we then we got hot because we didn't play great ball. I know, like probably nobody does, uh, the whole year. You know, so did we win a hundred games that year? I don't, I don't really know the stats. Probably close. I don't know. I don't know. I just yeah. know you went twenty four and nine. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't remember a lot of the details because I'm just doing what they're paying me to do. You know, I'm not really paying attention, focused, you know, you know, so anyway, I, and I, something, you know, I think my son told me I, I pitched uh, 300 innings that year in 80. And, uh, that was, I'm the last one to pitch 300 innings. My, uh, Scotty, my son told me, and I didn't know that. But that's that was amazing. And now, now because I come out of the like what the seventh inning against Kansas City in the sixth, and Tug comes in and loads up the bases, you know, made it made it dicey. But you know, well, you know, Dallas took me out because he thought I was tired. I said, Dallas, I'm not tired, you know. Well, you know, he's looking at the innings I pitch and everything, but I just got a couple runners on. But that's Tug's job to come in and do that, you know. You want that. But he loaded the base up. I got a little tense. <laughs> I couldn't you watch say, it. You know. And you so say anyway, you did pitch. You did pitch three hundred innings that year. I made, I made three hundred. Is that right? Scotty said that you made three. Yeah. You made three hundred. But you talked about that seventy-two. You know that unbelievable seventy-two season you had. You pitched three hundred and forty-six innings in seventy-two. Yeah, so this was like okay. this was just like a warm-up for you. The three hundred four. <laughs> Doesn't everybody do that? But, the, you know, oh, the, especially we nowadays. <laughs> especially nowadays. Unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. I mean, compared to what you see today, you get 200 innings today. That's a big deal. You're, you're, you're yeah. tossing 346. Like, no big deal. See you next year. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. 
It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, well, that's kind of back then. That's what they paid you to do, you know. I didn't want to come out of the game, you know. So but that's the that's game set up different now. So you're not going to see a lot of innings like that. And so, But I mean, you know, these guys, they're better athletes. They're bigger, stronger, better. And they could train to do that, but the game's not set up to allow them to do that because they got, you know, two or three hot arms coming out of the bullpen. So the go-to for a manager, you know, is, is, you know, let's get a fresh arm in there. And another thing they think is like, we don't want the hitters to see you on the third time around. You know, you've heard that argument, right? Sure. That's, but the thing is they only tell that from one side, the the hitter side. But for me as a pitcher, I've seen you three times too. You know what I mean? Well, I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. It's one of those things. Well, they only tell them one side of the story. Because you can pitch. You're not going to be throwing the ball down the middle. You know, you might lose a, a, a mile an hour on your fastball, whatever, but you're not going to be throwing the ball down the middle. Look, look at look at the Greg Maddox. Those 98, 99, maybe 90. But he, he never throws the ball in the heart of the plate. Corner, 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 all day long. You know, he's just unrelenting and that's way you're supposed to pitch but today they're just throwing 100 miles an hour down the middle and hitters can turn that around you know you've seen that you know you can turn that stuff around if it's platy and that's the idea well, of pitching is not play, being platy yeah and, and you mentioned maddox probably probably start to finish you know there's i, I face so many great pitchers but maddox probably technically probably the best pitcher i ever faced just just yeah, every solid. start, the, the consistency of every start was unbelievable. And he, you know, He's most normal, most guys, when they're off a little bit, they're missing by a foot. You know, Maddox in his yeah. off days, I could tell when he was a little off, but he was missing six inches instead of two inches. He, he was technically, yeah. it, it was like, it was like he was a dart thrower. And some yeah. days, you know, he was missing the bull. He, he was hitting the right upper quarter of the bullseye instead of directly in the middle of the bullseye. He was amazing. And when you talk about uh, pitching today, you know, back in your day, you were expected, especially being a number at the ace of the staff, you're expected to go out there and have the, the mindset of, I'm going nine. Now, the game yeah. has changed. They put a lot of, uh, they put a lot of money into building power bullpens. So, so the yeah. psyche is definitely different in today's game. I still think the great ones, you know, and in my day, it was, you talk about three times through the order, a typical for me in the early two thousands, the team meeting, the hitters meeting before the series is let's, let's get into their bullpen. It was always that way. Now, if if you choose the wrong bullpen, you might not want to get into that bullpen because they got five guys yeah. to run a hundred. But but it's yeah. changed. The strategy's changed. Where they put some of their money now is in the bullpen. But I still think even today, the great ones, maybe they're not allowed to go nine because they've got twenty million dollars sitting at the end of the end of the game, <laughs> and that's what they pay them to do. But I still yeah. think the great ones have the mindset of when I take the ball, I'm going nine innings. And they might only go seven. They might only go eight. But I still think they have that mindset. And then I think what the bullpen's built is for the rest of the staff that just give me five. 
Just give me five, and we'll give it to the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. They well, you know, they carry an extra pitcher too because we used to carry like I think nine pitchers. Now they carry eleven and twelve sometimes. Oh, at least you know? no, they're carrying thirteen on some teams. 13, oh, 13 14. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. Got, now it's a twenty-six man roster. Yeah, because they, you know, they they go to them early, and they you know they might have two pitchers pitch in one inning in the middle of the game, you know, so you're going to burn your bullpen up pretty quick, you know. And what I, so I don't watch it because I don't have television, so go figure, huh? But, uh, yeah. Oh, you're back, you're, you're back they, to rural Miami. <laughs> you're real rural now. <laughs> uh, you have choices in life, remember that. Yeah. But you see these guys, to me, they're, they're guys throwing pitches, but they're guys not pitching. Does that make any sense to you? It makes a ton they're of sense. Pitches, yeah. They're throwing pitches. They're throwing, you know, hundred miles an hour down the middle, but they're not pitching. They're not right. pitching. There's a the lot corner. more. There's a mo- the corners, you know. There's a lot more physicality in the game now. The the modern day athlete, uh, you walk yeah. into the Yankees locker room, it looks like it looks like an NFL team. Uh, the yeah. velocity is up. the The power yep. is oh, yeah. bigger, but yep. it does it doesn't necessarily means there's greater hitters. It just means the physicality. I, I I look at it from a defensive standpoint because playing second base, I was always very critical of other second basemen and how they moved and other shortstops and how they moved. Uh, the physicality of the defenders today, it, it's truly yeah. amazing. These kids, I, I yeah. mean, they're just gifted. Doesn't mean you're a better baseball player. You know, just like you said, a lot of guys are throwing, they're not pitching. The physicality is up. The stuff is better. It's more electric, but to be a great pitcher, you got to still do the same things. And that's locate. There's still nothing better. You mentioned Maddox. I think he's the epitome of it. There's nothing better than a well-located fastball. Yeah. Well, he had four different pitches that were uh, well-located, you know, and you talk about you and uh, and McCarver having one plan, and then another plan for a different situation in the game. Um, Maddox yeah, pretty was much. he Maddox was the king of that. I mean, he could go up there, yeah. and and I knew if it wasn't a situation in the game, if there wasn't a runner in scoring position, ten out of ten times he's starting me off with a two seamer away. He's going to start it off the plate and bring it back now. You have that runner. Yeah. You have that runner on third, less than two outs. He's going to throw the kitchen sink at me. Something I'm not expecting. So, but but <laughs> you know, I learned that after a while. It's like, okay. I, I've got to be ready for this. Who knows what's coming right now? Yeah, well, that's that's called pitching. That's called you know, pitching. The, You're right. The, the, well, the hitters, the hitters are looking at us, but like I told the other other side of the equation is we're looking at you too. Sorry, you know. But if you can make a pitch, a pitch that people don't hit, then that's called pitching, and that's what's why you can pitch nine innings because you're not giving in to the hitter at you know at 100 miles an hour down the middle because they can swing at 110 or whatever you want. You know? So that that's that's just called pitching. That's all. But Timmy, Timmy, just like Maddox and his catcher, um, and Timmy and myself. Booney, your dad, we got we got to do the same thing. You know, Timmy wasn't there the whole time, you know. But Booney's there at eighty. So yeah, but that's we're learning to and to sync out together and we're thinking alike. So I used to tell Booney said, You're a Stanford graduate and I just used to hunt in the Everglades. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not communicating, you know what I mean? And, right. uh, I I tell him that till the day. I told him that when I saw him this last reunion, you know, so you there? So 82, yeah, 82. You win your fourth Cy Young Award. And then uh, I, I think that Phillies team, that great Phillies team of 80, you know, people are st- starting to break up. I know dad went to the to the uh, Angels. And, and, and a lot of yeah. people, you know, I think Pete ended up leaving. Schmitty was getting to the end of his career. And in 1985, uh, you end up leaving the Phillies. Now, You've been with the Phillies. Was it 86 or 85? 86. Okay. You end up. We're the the fact checkers. We're the fact checkers. (laughs) We're the fact checkers. I want to know. I want to see this. No, anyway, in 85, and it's not that you're leaving the Phillies. You've been there since 72. I mean, that's 14 years of your life. And all of a sudden, you're headed to San Francisco. 
emotionally, how was that for you? It was horrible. You know, I didn't want to. And, I, you know, back then, there was, there was another part of this equation. That was the collusion years. You know, for being a free agent, instead of somebody coming to, wanting to sign me, you know, we had to we had to call around. You know, yada yada, that kind of stuff. Collusion years. They were, and they they lost that case. The owners lost that case. in collusion cost them a lot of money. But for two hundred eighty million. Years, how much was it? Two hundred eighty million. I just had Donald okay. Fear on uh, last week, and he he had all the okay. numbers for me. He did his homework. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you had to, yeah. But it was, it wasn't, I, I, as I recall, it wasn't easy. It wasn't any fun, but it wasn't easy hooking on with the, with the, no, nobody kind of wanted me. And you know, that's a bad feeling. You know, like I'm still throwing 90, 92. Actually, actually, when I, when the, I'm best singing now, I'm still in 92 when the twins got rid of me in 88. And I'm still throwing hard. And, um, you know, when you're throwing hard, you can compete. You don't want to quit. You know, because every time I go out there, I'm breaking them on the record for a lot, in a lot of categories. That's the fun of, you know, you have to pitch a, a lot of years to get to where you can break some records. And once you get there, you know, you know, it's fun. It's for that reason alone, you know. And, uh, and then, you know, it's, you know, stuff. Anyway, I go, I go to the, I go to the Giants and go, you know, I'm not happy about any of that, but I, you know that kind of stuff. No, I wasn't. To answer your question, no, it wasn't. wasn't exciting, but I, I got to play again. Four thousand punch outs, August fifth. Ex teammate of mine, Eric Davis. That was Davis. And I think, and I think you retired, or, or I, I think you walked away from the game that week. But you end up signing with the White Sox. Did he? Was he ashamed that he missed? <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then, no, then, uh, then they had a left-hander they wanted to bring up, and they let me go. And then um, uh, Fergosi uh, signed me. So they come over and play for us, you know. So and, and it and the White Sox are they're drawing about fifteen people a game. Oh fuck, it's tough. That was a toughie. You know, they went. They did. They didn't draw. There was. There was a picture. I'm coming. I pitched the first game of a doubleheader, coming in. Whether you know five o'clock, whatever time to start thing, and he count on one hand the, the fans are in the stadium, and that's where the stadium, the old stadium, was falling apart. You know, the walls are falling down in the bathrooms, and you know things are getting a little crazy. So, yeah, and we having fun yet? <laughs> that's right. Eighty-seven, yeah. Cleveland and Minnesota. You, you have stints yeah. in both leagues or in on in both organizations, but I want to hear yeah. about the White House story. In 1987, you go to the White House, and there's a yeah. picture taken, and they mistake you, oh, yeah. Steve Carl, Steve Carlton, over 4,000 punch outs, four Cy Young awards, and you're mistaken for. <laughs> I think you were. Uh, what was it? Uh, I don't. I, I don't. Guy. I don't. Something like they, that. You were a security guy, or you were the yeah. You're you're protecting the president. But I had gla- those glasses on, like those aviators, and they weren't aviator, but they looked like aviator. You were Secret glasses. Service. Yeah, yeah, they, that's yeah. Might have said that. That was that's even better than me being there. That, that was more fun, more laughs about that. But uh, yeah, that's always fun when you go to. I don't know about today. People seem to shun that, but yeah, that's always fun going to go in the White House. So. Yeah. You spent your whole the White House. Yeah. You spent the majority of your career in the National League, but in the end, uh, as you were winding down, you got a little uh, taste of the American League. That's back before interleague play. What was it like for you spending yeah. all those years in the National League, and then finally at the end, you know, getting to go pitch at Yankee Stadium? Uh, was there anything That's to that? Did you care about stuff like that? I was going, shame on me for being here, you know. But I said, you know, I pitch, I pitch well with Cleveland. But they didn't have, a, you know, no bullpen. You'd come out before you sit down. The game would be tied, home run kind of thing, you know, a bad feeling. But I sat on the bench one time. I said, boys, this is not baseball. I mean, hitter and 
I was, you know, like, yeah, it's this kind of thing, you know, it's still a pitch. You got to get up for the game, as they say, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I, I still don't like the, the DH and the, thinking about doing it in the National League. If, if I'm, is that what I'm hearing? I, th- I think you're going to see it across the board. I think they're getting to a point where they're thinking it's 2021. We're going to make it universal. I think from a union standpoint, the union's going to really back it because that means another hitter, uh, another job. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've gone back and forth with it for a while, but the positive side is you're never going to miss an Edgar Martinez. You're never going to miss the second half of a Frank Thomas career, Paulie Molitor, uh, big poppy Ortiz yeah. with, with Boston. Uh, and you're going to see more offense. I, I also understand the purist side too, is really liking that national league game and, and what it stands for and, and the well, button and, and the, and the double switches, you know, there is a strategy to that, but I think in the modern game, uh, you know, home runs are, are put people in the seats. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, coming from the National League all those years, you know, that was that was way back when that was taboo because we played, I think, the, all, the All-Star game. When I was there, we were 19-1 and one against the American League. And now it's reverse that. Now the American League is what, I mean, way above the National League at the All-Star game. So, but that, that was, you know, whatever pride, you know, because we had – you know, we had a lot of, we were deep in pitching in the National League back then. You know, I don't, uh, but no, I just, you know, coming come from the National League, as I say, it wasn't fun because you just sit there and go like, okay, I got to go pitch again. You know, you're not in the game to speak of, you know. So I'd, I'd like to get up a hit and bunt and do whatever I can, you know, it's part of the game to me. You know, 60, you 69 times in your, uh, no, during your career, 60 time, 69 times in a row, you went at least six innings. And, and we just discussed on discussed about the bullpens of today and how you used to go nine. Could you imagine yeah. a modern-day player telling them, yeah, I, I pitched at least six, 69 straight starts. That's unheard of. It'll never happen again. Well, you know, like what we talked about, the game's not set up to do that. You know, they don't – you know, this – when they – People or whatever got this thing started. What do you, what's what's the name for that baseball they play? So there's a name for it anyway. I don't, I don't recall. But the, the game just set up different. They don't care about uh, they don't care about wins and losses for pitchers. They don't care about a lot of things that are interesting stats that you probably never see again because it's just not set up to do that. You know, so they're they're just running guys out there and doing what they do and hitting home runs and. You know, trying to win, you win the game. You know that kind of stuff. So, you know, like like uh, I watched, I, I watched the Phillies. I get, I got YouTube on my computer until it crashed, but that's another story. But uh, um, Nola, Nola goes out there, he's punching out ten. They take him out. He's winning three to three to nothing or whatever. They, they take him out for a bullpen, and they and they end up losing the other night. They lost four to three. He was winning three to nothing. Strike out ten. I know he strike out eleven, and then they got Wheeler's got a good arm with the Phillies. And I follow the Phillies a little bit. He's got a real. I really like his style. He's got a good arm, and he he punches out ten or eleven. He comes out, and they lose. I said, you know, don't you have to have a talk with the manager? He said, hey, let me pitch a little bit more. You know, I'd like to win the game. Some some effort there. So that's the way I see it. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Uh, you know, they let these guys that are punching out 10, they're in control of the game. You know, I, I think. You, you can pitch nine innings. You're good athletes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I think it gets caught up in, in the, analytics the, the analytics of the game. And I think uh, some organizations are, are more stringent with the rules. Some, some keep that, you know, keep that leash. Some managers, some organizations give their pitchers a little more leash where, yeah, we only want them going 110, but if it's a special night and he's got it and it, it's the difference of us winning or losing the game, I'll let him go 125. I'll let him go 130. I think that's a, that's a call. And that's an organizational call that I think uh, yeah. the bottom line is what we came up and we played, even though you and myself, we played in different generations but I think we had the same mindset is we win the game first and we worry about everything else. Second, obviously not put anybody in, in a position to where they could truly be injured. But if it means I got to throw whatever more pitches or, or this guy's got to play his 50th game in a row. And it's the difference of us winning and losing. You do what you do to win the game. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you were around baseball all those years young and you watch, how it was played back then. So that, that sinks in a little bit into your psyche about, you know, the way the game was played back then, which doesn't exist today. But, but I mean, I, I surrender the fact that the game is played different, but, uh, you know, but you know, these guys, these two pitchers I just mentioned, they're, they're in control of the game. They're striking 10 and 11 guys out. You know, when I, when we got tired as a young, as a young pitcher, you know, you're still pitching and you're tired, but you, that's when you learn how to pitch. When you're tired, you better be a little more, more accurate as far as your pitching skills, not throwing the ball down the middle of the plate kind of thing. So, you know, you're going to lose that one. But you've learned to, to me, you learn to pitch when you're tired. And these guys, to me, they look like they never get tired. They just cash, you know. And um, you know, they, that's why I saw the last two games I saw with the Phillies that they, they did that. The guy punched down 11, and I think he might have punched down 10 or 11. And they came out, and then they lost. I said, really? Come on. You know, they're playing right at 500 ball, you know. And they've got a pretty good staff, you know. You know, I don't know about their bullpen, but their starting pitches are are good. Good enough to, you know, I mean, you know the deal. Fill in the blank. Yeah, I, I just don't <laughs> think that, that NL East this year, I, I – Whoever emerges, whether it's Atlanta, Philly, um, the Mets, it's I, I don't think they have enough in that division to really go far in the postseason. That's just me looking at it on on paper. Obviously, you get to the postseason, anything can happen. But I look at that team, I'm with you. I don't think they have enough bullpen. I think they've got some starting pitching. I think Nola is a real talent. Wheeler's having a big-time year. But Nola hasn't had the year that he had a year ago or two years ago. Uh, I, I think a perfect storm. Anything, anything can happen. But he stills, you know, striking out ten. He, you know, he's striking eight in a row, and one time he struck out ten in a row. He's making good pitches. So unless he's tired and throwing the ball down the heart of the plate or hanging a breaking ball, which you can rec- you can correct that. Let's say, you know, he can go forward and and still pitch. He just has if he's tired, he learned how to pitch better when you're tired. And that's, that's my that's my arc, kind of argument here. That's my saying because I I went through that like others that pitch way back when when you you pitch more innings and you just learn to pitch when you're tired. But uh, but I mean you know everybody's making a gazillion dollars or whatever they're making it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Back then it was about you know making making a salary. You know make not making a lot of money. Because we, you know, way back when, when 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 I started, you had to play twenty years to be fully fully vested in your pension fund. Twenty years you had to play. Yeah, no, so it's as, ten. As a, as a young pitcher, I said I set my sights long. I said, well, I got to, I'm going to do that if I'm going to have any money when I get out of this. Because it wasn't really a game. And I said I better learn to pitch twenty years, you know. And then about the time I got to twenty years, they change it to just pro rata, whatever. If the other day you get paid for a day, you know. So, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's, that's good for everybody. I mean, it changed for the better, but we set our sights long early uh, in my career. The name Lefty, it sounds, you know, sounds obvious why you'd be named that. Who gave it to you? Where did it come from? Actually, I've had that name. 
I was a pool boy from North Miami, so I was a pool boy in the summer, in the summertime. Actually, in Florida, it doesn't matter if it's, it's a year, it could be year-round. But I was a pool boy. Summertime, we're not going to school to make, make a little bit of jing. And uh, my uh, the pool manager, uh, Kenny was his first name. can't remember his last name. I'll give it a think. He gave me the name because it was mostly left, let's say, because I do a lot of things right now, but he gave me... Because he was a he was a minor league player himself, and he gave me the name Lefty, and it stuck since like maybe what sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. So it stuck, you know, stigmatized. It's pain. It's painful carrying that moniker around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think. So there you go. That's the story. Nineteen eighty nine, Philadelphia Phillies Wall of Fame. That's an obvious for you. Number retired. Uh, that's pretty cool. Not too many people get their number retired, but the big one is 2004. You get a statue outside of Citizens Bank Park. Buddy of mine just got a statue unveiled, Edgar Martinez in Seattle, and, a, yeah. and I wrote to him, yeah. I said, not too many men get a statue, kid. Congratulations. Uh, it's kind of other, other, other than the obvious, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, you know, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Getting a statue, uh, that's got to be pretty cool. What's that like for someone that's never going to have a statue? But I, I had to hire two guards to protect it so they didn't tear it down, if that makes any <laughs> sense. You know, you know what I mean? Not, not to get, you know what I mean? Don't forget about that. Oh, no, it's great. I mean, like you said, not, not, many, not too many people get a statue of themselves. So that's, that's quite an honor, yeah. It did a good job, too. I, I like, actually, I like that most people don't like the statue that made a, that a reasonable facsimile, but yeah, they did. I thought they did a good job. Yeah. Take a go out there every year at the reunion, take a picture, you know, 1994, um, you get voted into the hall of fame. Now with looking back at your career, uh, you know, you were pretty much to everybody, to your peers, pretty much an obvious pick that you were going to get in. Did it ever cross your mind, the, the relationship you had with the writers, uh, just that that 1% of unknowing? You know, I talked to a lot of Hall of Fame guys that when they finally got the yeah. call, and I said, that's an obvious call for you. They said, it's not obvious till I get that phone call. Uh, what was it like, 94, uh, when you got that phone call? Well, you know, I wasn't even – I thought I, I didn't have a chance on the first uh, first go-round because of that. Cause I wasn't sure how they felt, you know, they, you know, the numbers were good, but things were, got a little personal, you know, it was a long time that I, I didn't talk to them. So I wasn't sure I wasn't paying attention, but I wasn't sure when I got, I forget the writer at that time, uh, he called me up and, and told me a surprise, surprise the hell out of me. I said, really, you know, the first go around after all that, so we had a laugh about that. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was in a lot of ways, it was like a double, kind of an honor let's say because they they had a reason not to do that to me just to be punitive you know but they didn't they rose above that and and did that first round so yeah i was i was you know i guess i was quite pleased with that but i was i was surprised you know because uh, i thought maybe not so yeah what do people not understand about steve carl <laughs> really yeah. Oh. Well, what would you want them to understand about me? Am I supposed to write a book and a tell-all? No. I don't know. Um, well, I haven't talked I to you know. in a lot I'm, of years. I'm, we, we we've had a little interaction at, in you know as adults when when I we were doing a function in New York. We rode to the airport together, and I got to talk to you. Find out as an adult how interesting you were, how you like how you thought about the game. I find it fascinating. But you didn't talk to the media yeah. for a long time. You got a lot of fans out there. It's like wow, Steve Carlton. He didn't talk to the media. We really don't know who he is. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's true. But uh, and what they probably don't know about me is I'm more of a, uh, a, <coughs> a spiritual kind of guy. I'm interested in, in those those types of things categorically, you know. And I've, I've studied that stuff most most of my life, I would say. You know, so that's just probably what they don't know. That doesn't really come to the surface because that's a personal uh, sort of position. 
you know. So whatever whatever that means, I don't know what that means. But they're, if I say what they don't know about me, is I probably didn't know that I'm. I've, I've chased that idea for a long time. Let's say. How do you want to be remembered when it's all said and done? <laughs> I don't know. You, you give it. You give it your all. You know. I, I stopped. One of the reasons I stopped talking to the media, as I said some time ago, is because it, it's about the game and the fans. It's not about you guys. You're 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 last in line in this equation. That's what I told. That's what I told the writers when I stopped talking to them. So it, it was about the fans. I mean, these guys played a whole year without any fans in the stand. It looked like a whole lot of fun to me. You know, they do a cardboard cutdown of, of me and me and a the seat on the first baseline and send me a picture of it. It can't be any fun without the fans. You know, that's such an integral part of the game. You know, it just, it's just, it's just a good part of the game. And I, that's the way I see it because I seen it the other way and it, it was disinteresting. Game or whatever you want to call it. It was a session game. So, you know, the fans are an integral part. Steve Carlton. I really appreciate you coming on the Boone podcast. It's been an honor. Uh, great catching up with you. I know dad was interested. He said, lefty's going to do it. I said, lefty's going to do it. So I, I really thank you a lot for doing it. And what we do here each and every Boone podcast is we go to Dan Levy, the voice of the podcast, and he has a question from the fans. Dan? Gentlemen. Before you, before you go, wait a minute. It's your mom that got me to do this, by the way. Oh, I know. I know. I give her full credit. I said, Steve doesn't do, he doesn't do interviews. But when I, when I saw the picture, I'll set this up for, for the audience. I got a picture from my mom and it was uh, the Phillies reunion, 1980 reunion. And it was really yeah. a cool picture. And and I see Steve at the end of the end of the bar. It was Bull, and it was Larry Bow and Manny Trio. He was getting uh, honored on the wall of fame. And it was my dad, of course, and I said to my mom, she goes, Brady, that was a great picture, wasn't it? And I said, yeah, those are all my favorites as a kid. And I said, go tell Lefty <laughs> that I need to have him on the show. And it, it, and it took her two days. And she said, Brett, yeah. he said he's going to do it. And I said, awesome. And here we are. And I, tried, I, I tried to make her sweat. I, I held her off. I was just kind of <laughs> laughing at her because she was so entrenched in this. You're going to do it, you know. And we, of course, we had a little fun with that. But it was on that sort of broke it down because Mooney didn't have what he wanted. Your dad wanted nothing to do with it, as a matter of fact. So, but if the, thanks to your mom, good job, kudos, you know. So, continue on the next question. <laughs> All right, Dan. What you got for me? All right. This one comes from Ray in Jersey, and he wants to know this Lefty, who is your toughest out? Oh, boy. You know, my pet answer is none of them. None of it's them. An attitude, an attitude. You can't. You can't think a tough out going to get tough out because you're already lost the battle. So you can't. In your mind, it's just be back to zero. You know, and you're just playing another, another, just another batter. But if you think you've lost before you go in, you've lost. That's, that's Sun Tzu, right? Art of War. That that and sounds about I right to me. That sounds awesome. My pet, my pet answer is none of it, but uh, who hit me? Was a bench. Bench hit me well. To answer the question, do I have to answer the question? By the way, is there is an absolute? In fact, not only do you not need to answer the question, but you gave us just enough to make it a good night. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, guys. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.